0: Hey guys, welcome back to Facts of Life. I'm your host, Zakia, and I do have a special guest this week. Um, and I'm really excited because, um, he's from Houston, he's a DJ, and I brought him up here because I want him to clarify some things <laughs> that I <laughs> talked about on uh, the second episode of my podcast. So I'm going to have him introduce himself.
1: All right. Um, wait, what's going on?
0: Here? Oh, it's turning up the volume. Oh,
1: okay. Oh, well, hello. My name is DJ Auditore. Um I, don't, I haven't really introduced myself before. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm just a... Used DJ from an outside, stay on the south side now. Um, been DJing for six years now. Um uh, involved with, you know, my own website, DJAuditory.com, which hosts all my chopped and screw tapes and other types of tapes that I do. Um, yeah. Um, and, and I'm here. And I'm happy to be here. So
0: Thank you for coming. No problem, no problem. All right, so to get started, um, we're gonna what's the 411 so last week I went back home so basically what's the 411 is like what happened last week in your life
1: you're like okay. what's going
0: on so last week I went home um, for my little brother's graduation and I went home for a week and that was pretty cool I didn't tell my family I was coming I surprised him oh, um, so Monday I got there waited for everybody to come home my mother was surprised And, you know, the graduation was cool. My little brother is 18, and he's a man now, so, well, he thinks he is, but he's an adult adult, technically, but he's still my little baby. So, um, yeah, I hung out with some friends. I pretty much got drunk every day I was there. That's
1: appropriate.
0: Um, And, yeah, that was it. I had fun, and i don't know when i'll be coming back to new haven but it was fun while well it lasted so yeah that was my that was my week how long were you out there for i stayed monday through saturday night and i got basically got back to houston like 2 30 a.m sunday oh okay That's yeah
1: so I was out there for a good yeah okay i got you so, oh it's my turn right? yeah it's your okay. turn
0: <laughs> what's the 411 okay uh so this past weekend
1: what happened i had dj a family reunion on saturday i believe yeah but saturday that was pretty fun got to eat really good with this family uh shout out to the theory family um what else happened uh friday what did i do friday i forgot i think i know i had to do add something to do with drinking um, <laughs> I think I DJed something on Friday. I forget all the time. But Sunday, I DJed at Prospect Park on the north side. I know I got drunk there. Um, J Paul, the J Paul Jr. band, the Zadoka band they were at is pretty pretty live. Um, And yesterday, which is when we were supposed to do the podcast, I was actually ripping and running around trying to get my car worked on. I had got a new tent put on it and and an alarm system because my grandpa lost my keys. And I had to get a whole new alarm system because that was the last little alarm key I had.
0: So, oh, okay. Had
1: to get a new one. So, so yeah, that was pretty much my weekend.
0: Yeah, um, I haven't really got into Zotico I heard about it. Is that like a a Louisiana thing? Yeah, right? it's kind of yeah. It's,
1: it's really a Louisiana type deal, and uh, I mean, but it's really popular around the South, mm-hmm. and especially out here. We actually have Zotica bands from Houston. Actually, Jake Paul Jr.'s band is from Houston. So, I mean, the sound is is very very prevalent out here in the South, and a lot of people go to. Just watch bands and dance, and you know have a good time. That's like that's like, I would call it like crawfish music because it's something that you usually sit down and eat. Yeah, exactly. Or or dance to. Or you know, a lot of people will go to festivals and they'll have zydeco bands there, and you know, just that's that's kind of the thing out here. I mean, they're usually fun. Like, it's not really it's really hard to find a bad zydeco band, you know, because they're all very like energetic, and then they play song they play songs. That people are, you know, familiar with, but they kind of put their own Zotico twist on it. And it's pretty cool. So, that's, uh that kind of is what goes on out here with, with that.
0: Yeah, I haven't really gotten into, like, crawfish. Well, I've been to, like, one or two, but not anything, like, major. So, for, how like, long
1: have you been in Houston?
0: I got here in August of 2016 oh, okay yeah so i'm still learning and i'm still adjusting well i know like
1: crawfish season is usually between what is it, like march and july mm-hmm. so uh, we're kind of at the end of the, of the season right now but if you try to catch it between march and july any that any time between it you usually get that's when you kind of get the best crawfish and get nice portion sizes and things of that nature and um what else
0: so, it's not good to eat it after July, basically. I mean,
1: that, what what happens is, like, when the season is over with, the crawfish will go back to smaller sizes and stuff like that for whatever reason. Oh, okay. And so, like, when they go fishing for it, you don't really get, like, big ones worth eating, you know? Right. And, um, yes. And so, that's usually kind of just how it works. I don't know why it's between March and July, but whatever. That's, that's just kind of what you're used to. And then, plus, people, yeah, people always put together crawfish vessels and crawfish boils and all kind of stuff because... That's just the best time to do it.
0: Right, that makes sense. So before you came on Twitter, I saw that today's June twenty seventh yeah. And is it like National Chopped and Screwed Day?
1: <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's based off of a, a a popular freestyle that was released a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was you know through DJ Screw and in, in his camp and and so. Ever since then. It is it's a very popular freestyle and and it's like one of the liveest freestyles you'll it kinda it's like a, a pure representation of the city in its in, in in its origin. Like if there was something to represent Houston at that time where, you know, the freestyle and the screws culture was was at its peak, that would be a song that you kinda would refer back to. Like that's something that everybody kinda sh- should know about in Houston, you know, or everybody should be familiar with at least at this time and um and yeah, so a lot of people say it's, uh, it's somebody's birthday. I think they try to say it's Screw's birthday or something like that.
0: Like, is it his real birthday or just the birth of the freestyle?
1: Yeah, that was just the day they recorded Oh, it was somebody's birthday. I forgot whose birthday it was. Oh, It was neither. his birthday. But they, what they did was they had got together for... Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm going to look this up. Because I don't want to quote it wrong and niggas be all on my ass about it. Right. But pretty much it was somebody's birthday. And they came out. a lot of people came together and they freestyle for his birthday. And it, and they recorded it and that was a freestyle and then it just that was just like the, like, like I always catch women like staring at me or like looking at me and then when I look at them they try to hurry up and look away and it's like okay I seen you like what do you, what do you like why are you looking at me or like why are you acting like you're not looking at me when I see you looking at me you know what I'm saying and it's it's always a weird thing like and like dudes will do that too like dudes will be peeping you and whatever or like staring at you or like you know whatever paying attention to your situation and all that kind of stuff. And they won't say nothing, you know what I'm saying? Unless, like, you want to ask for something or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It's weird. It's it's a really weird thing. I don't.
0: It is weird. That's why I'm, like. Like, I'm
1: from here and it's weird to me. So, yeah. I can only imagine, like, if I go somewhere else, like, or to another state and then people are actually, like, engaging and, and will, are willing to talk to you about whatever curiosity they have towards you. Right. Like, I feel more comfortable doing that than I would somebody just staring at me the whole time and not doing anything.
0: Right, usually I'm like, "What are you looking at?" That's my response to that because it's like super uncomfortable, like to have somebody watching you and, you know, they're not saying anything. It's like I don't know, like, do you want to kill me? Like, I don't know what your motive is. So yeah, it's is like, the stare
1: usually like uncomfortable, like like a like a death stare almost, or like? Like a,
0: slightly, it's like a slight death stare. Yeah. It's like oh I'm interested but it's like I don't know if I'm interested but it's like see people out
1: here we, we tend to,
0: <laughs> I can't we tend to that.
1: naturally mean mug it's like a, I'm looking at you and I might be like you know just stale face like right but in inside I might be curious in a positive manner or like you know what I'm saying be interested in, the, in a positive way to where you know I might really want to interact with you but I'm just scared not scared just or I'm just being nosy that could just be the thing like yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure if you walk somewhere around Houston, you're not gonna look like you're from here. So I'm pretty sure people are looking at you like, "Where is she from? Like, who's this girl?" You know what I'm saying? Cause you don't, you don't look like, I guess, a Houstonian in a sense, or like you, you what can stand out. What does a
0: Houstonian look like?
1: Uh, country as hell, like you know. Um, <laughs> just I don't know. We just know our types, I guess. And, and mm-hmm. like you, you, I don't know. You can just tell when somebody's not from around here. Like I look, I when I first seen you, I already knew, like, okay. She's definitely not from around here. Okay. But I don't know how to explain it thoroughly.
0: <laughs> I see. Um, yeah, I just wish that people would be, like, more upfront about the things that they want out here, because I feel like that would make my life a little easier instead of guessing. Not only when it comes to, like, men, but women, too. Like, I just need to know, like, do you got an issue or nah, you know? <laughs> um. So, my next, well, it's not really a question, but can you describe Houston in one word?
1: Um, slow, I would definitely say slow because, and, and that's kind of like the culture, I guess. It's like, we really mm-hmm. move at our own pace and we really move, um, at our own speed. And, and it's very like, you know, nobody's in a rush to do anything out here. Like nobody's like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's no sense of urgency out here. Cause everybody's kind of like, all right, oh, we just relax. And, and that's kind of, that's just kind of how it shows. Like I went to LA like I think in February, sometime for the Soul Aquarius event, and you can tell like it was like a, it was like a culture shock for me because mm-hmm. people up there, you know, everybody's doing something, everybody's moving around. Like you're never really staying still right. while you're there. And out here, it's like you will playing your whole day around going to the grocery store, <laughs> and buying groceries, cooking food, and that's a lot. Though. Or like what people usually do. This is like this is everybody's schedule. It's like you go to work you come home you sit in traffic or you <laughs> wake up early get ready for work go to work leave from work sit in traffic get home eat dinner do whatever go to bed repeat right wait for the weekend either go on vacation or go get drunk and go back home and that's kind of like how the culture is like it's so like naturally i guess everybody's kind of like you know we're just in our repetition of our lifestyles and it's not you know, there's no, there's no real media out here, like no, no anything else that you can taste like in you know New York or, or LA. So it's like, but it's it's still a big ass city. So it's, I don't know. It's weird. It's like it's like Houston's a big ass city, but it's not big for anything else besides like working and gas and oil and things of that nature, or like commuting and stuff like that. So, and so it like the history of Houston is is really to be like a commuter commuter city and like to bring you know that's kind of like i think we have like the train for our, our logo as a city what the one group.
0: downtown
1: yeah yeah well that downtown he's
0: running at like four well not hours. that one. oh
1: don't you say about the monorail no yeah. like before no like back in like i forget what it was like the 1800s or something like that Mhm. it was they used to run trains in and out of houston like that's where they did a lot of a lot of business it was like downtown and there's some like abandoned tracks up there that you can see if you if you're going over 45.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think I saw one. Well, not saw one. Um, I was going. I was supposed to go to that silent party back in May, mm-hmm. and it was at like this. I think the warehouse was abandoned, but they didn't end up having it because um, of the fire marshal. Or he shut it. They shut it down. Whatever. Oh, bro. Um, But it was like train tracks around there and I noticed that there's a lot of abandoned train tracks out here. yeah, and, yeah. That, and a lot
1: of that is from like olden times I guess when that when those used to be like real like train ports I guess if you call it mm-hmm. and um and yeah so like back when trains were like the one of the main sources of transportation in America that's when Houston was like developing that city it developed from that type of thing in the south and then you know then everything kind of just evolved over time now you kind of have what Houston is today
0: right that's dope um I'm like when you said slow the first thing that came to my mind was patience because I don't have any so like I'm learning how to have patience like being out here like I'll be on the phone with my mom and like I will be like I'm always getting into road rage arguments because I feel like people just drive so damn slow here, okay. and it's annoying. Cause it's like, what the hell are y'all doing? Okay. And my mother's like, you need to slow down. I'm like, girl, no. You gotta,
1: you gotta think about this. In Houston, there's a lot of there's a lot of illegal driving. Like there's a lot of people. Well, there's a lot of I don't want to even stereotype anything, but there's literally like a lot of Hispanics that come in to right. the city from like Mexico, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they'll have cars and they'll be driving out here, but they don't, you know, they don't understand our laws. They don't understand, you know, our, our means of, of, I guess, our rules, our transposition right. rules. So, like, a lot of times they'll just be driving and hitting people or, you know what I'm saying, getting in accidents. And I'm not going to say it's just them or anything, but I've been in accidents to where I've gotten hit and then the person that hit me didn't even have any insurance because they were illegally driving the car and stuff like that. Right. And... And that, that that goes on out here so it's, it's like that's one thing then on top of that you have like a lot of old people driving you have um, you have what I've kind of discovered is 18 wheelers a lot of 18 wheelers on the road mm-hmm. and like they're very slow to accelerate and very slow to to pick up pace to where traffic can continue at a at an even pace so it slows a lot of stuff down because having to drive behind that is it, you know what I'm saying it's just You have all of that at the same time. It it uh, it causes traffic to become what it is, and so I don't know. It's a lot of different factors, and on top of the fact that people can't drive. So
0: yeah, people can't drive. I got into one car accident so far out here, and the lady I was like, um, she hit me like I was on the way home from work, and she was like, I was like, were you paying attention? And she's like, no. (laughs) And I was like, I wanted to curse her out so bad. But I was like, you know what? I had a long ass day. Like, fuck you.
1: Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of texting and driving, too. And I'm guilty of it. I I wouldn't even. Yeah, me too. I wouldn't even take that away from myself. Right. But I mean, with me, I feel comfortable in it because I know I can multitask. And I can actually pay attention to driving Mm -hmm. while I text and drive. But some people are very one track minded. So it's like down at your phone, up at the road, down at your phone. And me, I'm kind of like one word up or one one letter up you know what I'm saying right but I don't know there's a lot of things to factor to it and when you put it all together you have like 4 million some people in the same city that's what it becomes and right just kind of stuck alright
0: so my next um point was so I was talking also talking about dating here Mm -hmm. um like I, I don't know if you listen to my podcast you don't follow me on snapchat but like my dating life is a joke out here, so I just want to know, like, have you had success? Cause it's like you're from here, so it's like maybe. I you know have. better. Okay. Yeah.
1: I'll explain it like this: um, dating in Houston is. I mean, it's like, like with traffic, there's <laughs> there's factors in dating out here. Like you have to think about it like this: the the city is very widespread, so. Like this is the fourth largest city in America, so mm-hmm. but we're we're a very wide city, so everybody that would even be of of age or a pro, or you know somebody that you would date, they could be twenty minutes away from you, thirty minutes away from you, forty minutes away from you, fifty minutes away from you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can you can date like there's this running joke in Houston to where it's like. If you if you live on the north side and you date someone on the south side, you're in a long distance relationship, right? And that's real as shit because yeah, between three well between three o'clock and eight o'clock there's traffic, so if you're trying to go to Bay's house or whatever mm-hmm. in between that time, you're gonna be sitting in traffic for like an hour and a half, right? And you don't nobody got time for that, you know what I'm saying? Right. Or maybe like in New Haven, that just shows how low.
0: dedicated you are. Yeah, like
1: you <laughs> like dating out here is it requires effort because you have to. You have to put in your schedule right you have to make time to drive to this person and then to do it consistently like you have to always be consistent. you have to have a car you know what i'm saying you have to
0: i don't know how people survive with no cars out here you can't
1: like i mean you it's a if you if you don't have a car versus having a car like it's 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 literally night and day like you if you don't have a car you can you can take uber but that's gonna run Cartier. your pockets up yeah you know? if you you know if you don't have a car you have to depend on other people to do stuff for you. And and that's also a factor in dating because don't nobody want to date somebody that don't have a no car, you know what I'm saying? Like
0: right. I gotta always come
1: to you, I gotta always like be like I always gotta make my way to you, I always have to drive to you. In in this in this big ass city, like you want me to always drive to you, and then you wanna be in this relationship. Like, no, I'd rather date somebody with a car. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a, <laughs> that's a standard in Houston, like I need somebody with a car because yeah. I can't date you without a car because I'm not about to be Backwards. I mean,
0: that's a standard in life. Like, I feel like at this point in my life, because I'm 26, like, mm-hmm. we need to have a car. Like, you need to have some form of transportation, or you need to be working towards it. If yeah. not, like, you know, it's a whole dub, Like, I'm not doing it. But, but
1: think about that, though. Like, people without cars have, like, it's, people with cars are struggling in the, the day. So, it's like, people without cars, it's like, an even, it's a bigger struggle. Especially right. out here. So, I mean, and that's, like, just one thing. And then, plus... I don't has that like, been
0: a factor for you? Oh yeah, it definitely cars. Has been for, yeah, car. it
1: definitely has been a factor for me. That's crazy. Um, another one. Um, what else I was gonna say? Oh, like people out here are very. I don't. I don't want to say. I don't want. I don't want to. But it's like, people don't carry a lot of substance with them. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people are very like conservative minded. You know, so with that mm-hmm. comes like a, a limitation as to like what you can. What you, like what you can't embrace when you finally meet people because like a lot of women out here are very beautiful and very you know attractive in some some fashion but at the same time like if you have a conversation with them and it's like there's nothing there you know what i'm saying or it's like right there's there's no level of, of substance or quality so that also factors into like even like being attracted to somebody you know and then like the the people that you feel like you probably would be most attracted to or like you know you would want to date, they're busy as hell, you know what I'm saying, like, right. people have people have careers out here, and people have jobs out here that they have to tend to, and, like, their jobs are very demanding, and, and ask a lot of them and stuff like that, so, you know, that's another factor, like, even having time available between two people to meet up and do stuff and hang out and date like that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that also factors into it, so, there's a lot of different things that kind of come into play when it comes to dating Houston, and, yeah like you have to literally be dedicated to that
0: well what I've noticed like I said earlier like the guys are super passive like and they're not for me not assertive enough like I feel like I need you to speak up if it's something that you want from me or it's something that you want me just to do, say it straight up. yeah, I need you to say it. Like I don't need you to beat around the bush, or you know, like I don't like that.
1: I I'll get you on that, and I don't think it's just a fellows thing because I mean I'm pretty sure dudes do it, but I I mean I've gotten that experience as well. It's where it's like, um, you know, you don't really, you don't really say what you want. You just kind of try to play it out until it, it hopefully happens for you. Mm-hmm. But you don't, you'll never just say it directly. Like or you'll never tell me your intentions straight up. Like you'll you'll try to lead towards them instead of just being like you know i want to be bae or you know what i'm saying i just want to i just want to have sex or it's being like i really want to be with you like i want you to be my boyfriend type thing you know what i'm saying like it's never it's never straight up it's it's kind of i mean but i mean i've I've been a follower like that too because sometimes i don't really know if i even if i'm even into somebody fully like that so Mm -hmm. i just want to like play it cool first and kind of like see naturally like what it is between that's us. how you get friend zoned though I mean what's wrong with the friend zone like is it wrong to be in a relationship with somebody that that you kind of understand from a friend's perspective because when you have that attraction there between you and this person that can always, that can always interfere with your your judgment or even like your interpretation of the person in itself because you're so infatuated that you don't that you're either not trying to see who they are as a person for like their, their actual worth because you're so caught up in, like, what, what you're attracted to. You know what I'm saying? It's, mm-hmm. it's like... And then, plus, people put on facades when, when it's, like, okay, you're Bay now or whatever. Because, like, now you're trying to be just this ideal person for them that you feel like you think you need to be for them. When, you know, you need to be being who you are at all times. You know, even when bae's not around or whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? Like...
0: Right. Well, one thing... Another thing that I noticed, too, is, like, since we're in Texas... It's southern hospitality down here. And I was not raised like that. Like I'm not saying that my mother she didn't raise me well, but she never well, okay, I'm lying. So (laughs) Right, my mother was a single mom and but I did spend a lot of time with my grandparents, which they've been married for over fifty years, you know? Thanks. And um my grandmother was the one that cooked she literally cooked every single day you know mm-hmm. my grand my grandfather did not cook he only cleaned the house and it was like whenever we ate dinner we all ate dinner as a family but he got his food first and then yeah, she served so like yeah then she served us oh, yeah, like yeah. the kids and then she ate last like whatever was yeah, left yeah. she would eat that so Is your granny from the side? Um, my grandfather, well, yeah, my family's from the South. They're from South Carolina, but my oh. grandmother grew up in Connecticut, but her family's from the South, you know, okay. but my grandfather, he grew up in Greenville, South Carolina, okay. but I don't know where my grandmother learned that from, but like for me, I'm like, you need to get up and get that shit yourself you know like but i've noticed that guys down here like they like that and i just haven't gotten to that oh, point yeah, that's in my sexy. life
1: like that's, that's real sex out here um yeah no i mean yeah that's just that's literally southern values like
0: mm-hmm.
1: my uh that's kind of like the thing like you know where people talk about uh you know people like will look at you crazy if you go to somebody else or like that's yeah this is the thing out here like say. Say I bring a woman around my family, like, it would mm-hmm. be it would be appealing to my family if they see her go make my play for me type shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I know to you that might seem kind of weird, but, like, I hear, like, people treasure that kind of stuff, or, like, you know, people feel like that's, like, that's keys to, like, maybe a, a solid a wife. Yeah. <laughs> a solid wife, like, a woman that can, like, make your play for you, cook for you, like, take care of you as you, you know. Because, I mean, traditionally, that's kind of what things were, like, you know, men were the mm-hmm. like breadwinners, women were, like, the home, like... They took care of home, and all that kind of stuff, and so um that's kind of like a running tradition, I guess. I, well, not really, because nowadays, like women don't cook. Like you know what I'm saying? Like women don't, I mean, there are women that cook, but like you can't just go over to a woman's house and she's like cooking food and stuff like that. It just has a dish ready for whoever might come through. Yeah. Type thing like that's not a thing out here. Well, well, that's not a thing a, not for a modern, y'all. Not a not a modern thing. I think if you can, you can go back to your mama house and maybe she'll have some food cooked or like you can go to right. somebody's mama house and they might have some food cooked but I don't think that's just um that's just like the thing everybody does like I cook more than I know other people cook right and that's just for me having a natural like enjoyment of eating food and, and, and tasting food and stuff like that so
0: yeah well when I was living on my own like now I don't have to cook mm-hmm. um but when I was living on my own I cooked every Sunday but it was for work, for the week, you know? Oh,
1: like, kind of meal prepping and kind of thing? Yeah, uh,
0: and then, like, when I was talking to a guy, they'd be like, oh, can I have some? I'm like, I didn't make enough for you. No, you can't have any. And it's like, they're probably like, oh, she's a fucking bitch. But it's like, I didn't factor you into my, you know, when I'm cooking, I'm not thinking, like, oh, so-and-so is going to want some or whatever, see, you know? And, and
1: that's different because with me, when I cook, I cook large portions because one i grew up that way where my mm-hmm. mom she would just cook for everybody and you just come and eat you know right. so naturally that's how i do like and then plus i don't like cooking in portions because like me i'm a fat ass so i'm gonna want some more right like i'm like i'm big on like eating leftovers because i love just eating things that i enjoy right so i always want to come back to it probably the next day
0: because
1: mm-hmm. usually when i cook i try to cook for two days right so i'll cook something for me that day and then whoever wants some, because i you know i have roommates and if they want to eat something, they can. Or like, if I have a friend that might come over or whatever, then they can eat what I'm cooking. And it's just stuff like that because I have a natural sense to want to have food available for people because that's kind of how I grew up when I cook. And, and, and that's just, I don't know, I guess that's just what comes with being from the South. Right. If you're into cooking.
0: Hopefully, I don't know, maybe I'll get there one day. I just haven't reached that level in my life yet. So, But I just noticed that, and it's like another thing I noticed that I don't want to say, like, women obey out here, but, like, they really, like, you know, taking into consideration, like, you know, what guys think, and that's just never been my whole thing, like, that's y'all whole thing, like, this one guy I was talking to, um, he got upset because... and. If it's too much information, just let me know.
1: I mean, it's your podcast. I'm just...
0: But (laughs) I want you to feel comfortable. So, like, I waxed, and, like, I had stopped waxing because... I wanted to save some money. <laughs> so, he was basically, like, telling me, like, I needed to shave. And I'm like, no, I'm not shaving. Like, if you have an issue, like, pay for the wax, you know? Yeah. And he was like, no. So, I'm like, okay. He was like, well, I don't understand, like, why you can't just listen. You know, all the girls that I talk to, like, if I tell them to shave, like, they do it. I'm wow. like, I don't give a fuck what they do <laughs>
1: wow, with
0: their vagina. I'm telling you what I'm going to do with mine. So, if you have an issue, you're going to pay for it or you're going to shut up, you know? Like... And that kind of ended our relationship. Oh,
1: damn. Damn, because you wouldn't say.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> what? No. I, I, like. I
1: mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, different strokes for different folks, I guess. I mean, I, with me, I wouldn't trip off of that. Like, mm-hmm. me, I don't, I'm not, I'm not that particular about, it. like, you're your own woman. You can do your own thing. You know what I'm saying? Right hair is hair, like I'm not bothered by it. Like it's not gonna it's not gonna stop me from, you know, having sex if that's what I'm <laughs> gonna do, like eating eating pussy or nothing like that. Like it's right. it's just gonna be there and I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore it and I'm gonna do what I wanted to do originally. So it's just like
0: Alright, he was stupid. But um yeah, like I was just like so annoyed by that and I just noticed that
1: But yeah yeah in Houston I will say like there is a desire to be submissive with women out here. Like they actually would rather they would rather do kinda like Take control. Oh, I don't say take control, but like, kind of like lead the way in a sense. You know what I'm saying? or like, make decisions for you. Cause I get, I get frustrated with that. Like,
0: nah, I can't do that. Like, I want you to lead, but like, I don't want you to make decisions for me in my life. You know? Yeah. I just want you to be but supportive. Some women,
1: some women would actually prefer to have a man making decisions for their life, so they can like. It's kind of like they just live. They just want to live, and I have to be concerned with with certain things. I feel like I feel like there's like a lot of princess complexes out here to where it's like. Maybe your dad spoiled you growing up because he loved you, you know, mm-hmm. and you didn't really have to fend for nothing or do anything on your own. So, naturally, as you grow older, you get to, you know, you get into dating and you expect another man to do that for you. So, naturally, like, you know, you had your dad kind of, like, guiding your life and telling you what you, you know, what you should and shouldn't be doing and, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. And then you've lived comfortably and been happy with that and content. Mm-hmm. And so, you kind of move into an adulthood and you want the same thing from a man to do that for you. And it's just kind of like... Some women enjoy that, like because that's just what they're used to and they're comfortable with. Right. And that's what they that's what they just know best.
0: Yeah, no, thank you. Not saying like I won't I don't know, like I would be submissive, but it's not like to the point where like you're controlling my life either. Like I don't I don't do that.
1: I mean, I don't think every woman does it. Like there are some very like strong minded women and very um mm-hmm. you know self uh self-determined and, and, and independent women that do go about living their life on their own accord and doing their own thing independent on themselves like that's also prevalent out here too but there's also there's a culture of both you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and I, that's kind of the weird thing I hear in in houston is that you can either have you can have like a busy bay or you can have like the broke bay it's <laughs> at home or not even at home, she just works a regular job, pays her rent, whatever, just waiting on a man to come around and kind of mm-hmm. come into her life so she can have kids. That's the definition and,
0: of broke bay.
1: Well, not broke bay, but that was kind of <laughs> like, because I feel like busy bay beginning, like busy bay. she got her own, like, she's, I would just say, there's like dependent bay and the independent bay. Mm-hmm. That would be a better way of saying it. And, um, they're, they're both very prevalent in Houston, so it's like, you got to kind of pick mm-hmm. your poison there's those two types out here and it's like there's a culture of both so you can kind of date whichever one you kind of prefer i guess
0: Mm -hmm. okay so moving on to the nightlife in houston are you reading my I'm not supposed mm-hmm. to be reading the question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the things that I noticed out here, and I addressed this on that episode too, is that people don't dance in the club or at parties out here. Oh,
1: that's, Why
0: that's is that?
1: I will, you know what's funny about that? I just had this, this this discussion. I think I even had it on Twitter.
0: Yeah, I think I saw you talking about it too.
1: Um. Okay. So I'll explain it like this because this is how I've seen it growing up because mm-hmm. like, I grew into this shit. Like.
0: Yes. Please clarify.
1: In two thousand eight that's when I went to that's when I went to U of H and that was that was that was kind of the year where Houston well, Texas clubs were live because there was a um, you know, Dallas had a boogie scene which is like the D Town Boogie type movement and that was very that music was very club oriented and a lot of it was coming out of Houston or not out of Houston, a lot of it was coming out of Texas at one time. Mm-hmm. And a majority was coming from Dallas, but it was just a wave of music, and that translated into the clubs, and then that kind of translated into the club scene being like huge. Right. So in Texas, like Texas used to be a very like clubby party like turn up. Like we used to go on Texas tours. Like we would go to from we would go to different universities. Like we would hit SFA, Sam Houston, uh, Texas State. This is when you were in like, school. Yeah, when I was in college. Okay. Uh, UTSA. U T if they were having like certain big parties, like we would go around and there would be like these huge ass parties and you would go and like girls would be throwing ass and you would just be hopping on and you would hop on, hop off, hop on, hop off, hop on. Because mm-hmm. back then it wasn't it wasn't at like social media didn't really just take off then. Right. Two thousand eight that was when people were transferring from, from Myspace to Facebook.
0: Mm-hmm. And, I wasn't on Facebook then, but... Yeah, I got
1: on Facebook when I got to college because it was a big thing at U of H. Like, it was a big way to network and, and know people and meet people and keep up with people. And that was, like, when it first, first, like, I guess, took off. Right. And so, from there, there was, like... I mean, you you still... I mean, you had Facebook on your phones and stuff, but, like, your phone wasn't as attached to you as it is now. So, right. And it's not as interactive as it was now. So, there was still that, that ability to have... Human interaction and to be comfortable with it, right? And then gradually over time, like the help, like around twenty ten through twenty twelve, it kind of started like the club scenes died down, and um, oh yeah, like even I'll even mention this. Even downtown, we had a we had a club scene, and it was like it was on Main Street, and it was literally like uh, I would say like at least ten to twelve clubs all like right next to each other that used to, and then other different spots around downtown yeah, people there's would nothing. just go, yeah, people would just go there and you would already know something's live, you know what right. I'm saying? And there was a there was a strong competition for it. like there it was a whole bunch of different clubs they had. And um and yeah, and then around twenty ten that's when that stuff started kinda dying down because that music kinda I guess faded off. Mm-hmm. Uh it kinda peaked when Duro kinda dropped ice cream paint job and then after that it was just kind of But
0: um It was it went downhill for y'all, but like I feel like um, north is like people are always dancing like you know mm-hmm. like i don't know if you've ever heard of getting light
1: oh no i haven't
0: that's so funny so but it's like getting light like happened in new york and like being in connecticut like new york is not far well new haven connecticut is not far from new york city it's about an hour drive mm-hmm. you know so like a lot of people in new haven like they started picking up you know, whether it's the Harlem Shake getting light, so it's like, whenever you go to parties, like, everybody's forming a circle so these people could dance, like, you know? Oh, for real? I mean, not, not, yeah, for real. And, like, now, they're not doing that as now because people are older now, you know? Yeah. Um, And people, knees hurt and shit, but, like, that's what we did, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so, it's just funny to see, like, down here, not saying that y'all have to get light, but it's like, when I go out, I like to dance, you know, personally. Whether I'm drunk, sober, it don't matter. Like, mm-hmm. I want to dance because that's what I came here for, you know? Yeah. And, like, I went to Diablo's one night. And, like, this girl was, like, looking at me like I had three heads because I was dancing. And I was just, like... And she asked me if I was on Molly, And I'm, like, no. Like, I'm not on Molly. I'm just having fun. Like, this is just who I am, you know?
1: Well, see, to continue with, what, with the reason why that kind of is the situation now is, is after the club thing kind of died down, like... Dancing died down with it, like, and then it, be, it, it became more of a thing to where thirsty niggas was, were jumping on women now, and it made them more uncomfortable to want to just be throwing ass. That's like, that's like why now when you see girls in a club, they'll be dancing with each other mm-hmm. instead of just dancing on dudes, just because. Because it used to be a thing where it's like, okay, here you go, cute nigga, like you dancing, whatever, blah blah blah, woo, 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 get that done, da da da. But now it's like, thirsty niggas get bold. And, and they do too much. Yeah, they do too much. And then yeah. you kind of ruin the entire, like, comfort zone of just going out and having fun. And when you take that away, you take away people who even want to go to the club. Right. Because it's like, damn, I don't want to go to club just to be around a bunch of thirsty niggas that just want to thirst on me and, and 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 jump on me and pull on me and stuff like that. And and then it that kind of, that grew over time. And then it became a thing to where, yeah, like I say, women are dancing on each other now. Like, only feel comfortable dancing with other women. Mm-hmm. And not even really want to dance on a dude unless you know him or like you're going with him type thing because that's what it is. Or, and if that's not happening, then nobody's dancing because niggas are just there to be there now and women are just, you know, there to either get drunk for free or, uh, that's or what I'm get, like get toes on or something like over.
0: Yeah, like, that's why I'm kind of, like, over at this point. Like, I haven't been going out as often. Because, like, when I first got here, like, I was going out all the time. But Mm -hmm. now, like, I haven't been out as often because it's, like, one, I don't want to keep hearing the same thing. Um, And that's, I want to talk to you about that, too. Because I feel like DJs out here, like, they play what they want to hear from what I've noticed. And they don't play a variety of music. So it's like, and I understand, like, I'm the minority now in the city, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, I noticed that up north, like, I feel like DJs, they play everything. Like, they have a Kiss set, a Jay-Z set, a fucking Down South set, you know, mm-hmm. a Twerk set, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. But here, it's not like that.
1: Well, see, I kind of pride myself on, on having uh, a taste in kind of all kind of music. Mm-hmm. And so, when I DJ, I don't necessarily stay in one place. Although, people will want you to... Like, people get mad when I travel off. Or, like, like say, I want to do, like, a New York set. Or, like, if I want to do um, a West Coast set. Or, if I want to do some stuff like that. Like, niggas will come up to me and be like, Hey, man, can you play some Future? <laughs> and I'll just be like, can you wait? Like right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, like, let me just give you an experience of music like I would want to. Rather than doing it. But, like, people will literally get pissed at you. And, like, I'll even... Even like when I DJ at certain, you know, businesses or whatever, like, if I try to venture off, like, I, I might get somebody to hit me up and be like, hey, you got You need to go back to this. Like, you know, mm-hmm. people people are saying this or people are complaining about this and they want you to play this type of music. And I just be like, well, all right, if you, if you niggas want to keep hearing the same shit you hear on the radio mm-hmm. and um, at a venue, then whatever.
0: Do you feel like that makes you a bad DJ when people request music?
1: Uh no I don't I never really like a lot of DJs hate that shit and I understand why you would hate it but at the same time with me I like the challenge of okay you want me to, you want me to play music let me figure out a way to incorporate it while I've already got my set going mm-hmm. so I can you know I can because I mean with freestyling I mean not freestyling with DJing you can kind of go anywhere you want to if you know how to do it you know what I'm saying right and so I always take it as a challenge as to like you know see okay and then one is like if I like the song enough I'll, I'll try to fit it in there Mm-hmm. So, I'll take that challenge and just be like, alright, let me figure out a way to get this song to get played and it to fit into my set and not sound so crazy, you know? Right. And, you know, and I, I, like, I, like, I like that. I like that challenge and I like that, that journey of trying to figure out a way to kind of get it incorporated.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that. I feel like they play... This is just an example. This is doesn't mean that it's real life, but... Like, the DJ will be playing front and from Pharrell and then they'll start playing Back That Ass Up, like I feel like the transitions are not See, yeah, and that's good. very
1: forced because <laughs> yeah. that's not even the same realm of, like, a sound. But, like, with me, like say that was a thing. I would do that, and then I would, like, I would play front-end, and then I will find, like, maybe, uh, what would I do after that? Because that's, like, that tempo's, like, one-on-one. hmm So I would find something in that, around that same tempo that could, like, lead me towards a twerk song. And then from there, kind of going to back that ass up if i depending on whatever song i find um to incorporate it it's kind of like playing uno in a sense because it's like okay i can either find a song that matches the tempo or i can find a song that matches uh the artist or like the sound of the artist at the song so like if i find another for real song i can pick that right that was more twerky i guess um,
0: not necessarily saying that you have to go into a Twerk song no, no, I'm, just I'm just saying, saying okay, like, okay.
1: Like, like, for, like for that transition I would I would go from Pharrell front into like uh, I would maybe go to like uh, Drop It Like It's Hot by you know mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg and Pharrell because you know they're kind of like oh yeah then like when people hear that they kind of recognize like oh shit another Pharrell song then, it's, then you know it's Drop It Like It's Hot so that's kind of what Twerk song is right. so then I can go into Back That Ass Up and then have more success with that because it's not as of a transition as going straight from front to back to that so you see what i'm saying like right that's kind of how i would do djing but like yeah and then people here like a lot of djs i i guess you could say a lot of them just play music or like just play some or have like their their library isn't even just that deep enough to where they have a lot of songs to work with so they're just mm-hmm. playing whatever 400 500 songs they might have in their in their laptop or whatever right so i mean it it all really depends on, on on who's DJing, cause I mean there are some like there are definitely like DJs that know how to control a crowd and, and go different places and not limit themselves to just working music and just like top hip hop songs and shit like that.
0: Right. So since it's June twenty seventh, um, and I guess it's National Chopped and Screwed Day.
1: Don't don't say that. Unofficial. You'll, you'll get you'll get fired up. Uh. Just say um, it's just it's just a Houston the holiday. Just birth say, of it. No, I, I would just say just call June twenty seventh. Um, just say it's it's an unofficial Houston holiday. Like that's all you have to call it because that's literally what it is. It's not recognized by the city as anything, or like it's not celebrated by the city on its own. So it's really it's unofficial part holiday. Of the It's just it's, it's just a cultural thing that we kind of like. It was a freestyle that literally like took off and 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 and. and Brit and what is it Breathe this own life and mm-hmm. into Houston and um yeah i mean i i w- i never i like when he comes around for me it's kind of like oh, okay june 27th yeah mm-hmm. like this is a day where we kind of it's kind of like a reflection on on the culture in itself or like the like the uh the, the culture of Houston music when it was in his prime it's like memorial day almost <laughs> okay it's like a Houston memorial day if you want to call it anything
0: so, what is your definition of chop, chopped and screwed music?
1: Well, I know the way that I create chopped and screwed music is literally based off of the actual chopped and screwed theory, which is where you you know you slow down the music to an appropriate pitch, and then you you chop you know you chop the song. Inappropriate pockets on the song, so that's kind of the guidelines that I follow. Chop and screw music. There's different variations of it because mm-hmm. you can do there's like you can do a live chopped and screw set, which is more so of you actually, you know, on the turn doing, yeah, doing scratching and adding effects like Flanger and all that kind of stuff, and um, you know, and just recording that session. Like, that's also another way you can go about doing it, or you know what I mean, and I feel like that's really, I feel like those are like. The only two main ways of kind of going about doing it is like you either you know record it live and do a, a live session where you're, you're chopping and screwing a song, which is, which is more than just chopping and screwing, or you can do just the generic version of chopping and screwing, which is what I pretty much primarily do is, is just chopping and screw songs to where all I'm doing is slowing down the pitch and then chopping it in mm-hmm. pockets that I feel like would be best for the song.
0: So, do you think that as a DJ, is that your specialty, Chopped and Screwed? I don't think
1: it's my specialty because I understand that I have other talents and I have other abilities as a DJ, but I do feel like being a Houston DJ, like, it's very important for me to keep that origin of Chopped and Screwed sound in my, in my abilities, I guess, mm-hmm. because that's something that originated in Houston, and I feel like for it to, to carry on and to live on for generations and years to come, like... DJs from Houston need to at least practice it or at least do their own representation of it to where it can live on it can be something that people or Houstonians take pride in that I can carry in with them for you know for eternity because once it once it stops then it won't exist anymore you know right so I don't know I just take pride in myself as being a Houstonian so much to where it's like I feel like with me being a DJ like I at least need to try it or at least need to practice it like I honestly feel like every DJ in Houston should be practicing Chopped and screw music because it's just I feel like if it, if it should come from anybody it should come from us because we grew up in it and we like we understand it on a on a level of you know just being experienced with it for so long mm-hmm. and it being like a cultural impact towards us because like that was, that was a big thing especially like me growing up as a child is uh, listening to that because you used to come on they used to have it on Sundays where it came on and you would literally like turn your radio on on Sunday nights at 9 o'clock and, and sit there and listen to you know Chopped and Screw Sundays and yeah I think
0: I I, lis- I listened to it one Sunday out here but the first time I've ever heard Chopped and Screw music was <laughs> was from T-Pain where he did oh, that wow. Chopped and yeah, screw, Chopped song. screw song but other than that like I've never you
1: experienced it on that level yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and then yeah it, and a lot of people haven't experienced it on that level and like with me I grew up with it like I remember My older cousin he used to, used to have CDs by you know by niggas that were that were that were rapping on like chopped and screw. or like when dudes used to have tapes and then they go getting chopped and screwed because they want that version to play. Like I would listen to my cousin's tapes and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. and I just remember that like being a big deal to me as a young kid because I was real sheltered and like my uh, my mom didn't just let me hear like music with custom or music with anything like that so when I got around my cousin that was like that was my introduction to it and like my ability to like get involved into and I loved it when I heard it because it was so cool sounding to me right and um and yeah and I just I've always loved it and I've always and I've always been the person that was like damn if I heard this song chop and screw it I bet you that would be live and um and from there it just kinda grew into what I have now. Because that's kinda what I do now. It's like I'll listen to an album and I'll be like, damn, that would sound live, chop and screw, and then I go do it. Right. Because I know culturally, that's kinda like what everybody goes through. Like when we hear music, it's like, damn, I bet you that'd be live, chop and screw because mm-hmm. growing up we used to hear songs and be like, Oh shit, that's live. Like mm-hmm. like I would never think to hear a song like that. And I just wanna continue that culture of like having an ear for chop and screw music in Houston and just being like, Damn, I bet you this a sound live, chop and screw like Pass that, pass that ear to the next generation, so that they can have that as Houstonians and kind of you know recognize what that is um, culturally.
0: Right, and you have me really excited because I really, I really like R and B music, and I like that you chopped and screwed um, her and... SZA Um, I just started listening to the SZA album so I didn't listen to the whole thing that you chopped and screwed yet Mm -hmm. but it like for me like R&B is like I don't know just I feel like it it helps me express like my feelings the best Uh out of music and um I like that when you chopped and screwed, like you can hear the actual lyrics and it's mm-hmm. like I feel like it's a gives you a different understanding yeah like you can, you can actually, pro-
1: when you when when you chop and screw a song like you're really slowing it down a lot to where you can you can like you can take in what's what's going on in the song or like you can listen to it and actually like process the information a lot better because right. it's all slower it's all can be heard and then it's felt at a deeper. It felt it like a, a deeper level because it's so intensified, you know, mm-hmm. since it slowed down. And I think that's, like, the beautiful thing about chopping Screw music is, like, it intensifies an already strong emotion. Right. So, it just, it, it, when you listen to it, you just, you're more, you're more into that emotion because you just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's the weird, it's, like, the weird special thing about the chopping Screw mm-hmm. sound that's like, makes it so cool. And, yeah, plus, I, yeah, growing up, I used to love, I mean, of course, you can do rap Chopping screw, like, that was a prevalent thing, but at the same time, I always loved the R&B Chopping Screw, because it was just always intense to me, and then when you when you darken somebody's voice and you make it sound, like, a little bit more buttery and sexy, right. then that's kind of, like, that just makes it sound more cool, you know? Right. So, kind of, like, with that, like, that's, that's why I love chopping, like, R&B tapes, or probably where I feel like I can really get good chops out of it. Yeah. Like, I love doing that type of thing all the time
0: yeah I really love like especially at the her album I really cause like I just got introduced to her
1: mm-hmm.
0: her, her, her. Mm-hmm. and um I really liked her music because I feel like now there's not a lot of good R&B out so yeah. I really appreciate her music cause I feel like she's speaking like real shit and it's like now that you slowed it down it's like wow this is some like real real shit you mm-hmm. know so I really appreciate that um so my question is Did you learn how to trap and screw after you started to learn how to DJ or like was it a simultaneous thing? Um,
1: Well, at first I was DJing. um, I was just DJing to DJ. I never really wanted to get into chopping and screwing because I never felt... Because when I first started off, I didn't feel comfortable enough as a DJ to even start that because I was still kind of learning how to go about even just DJing or even getting all my equipment and stuff like that. But as I got my equipment and as my you know, as I grew into it, like that's when I practiced. Actually, I'll tell you this: my friend, his name is uh, his name is Los mm-hmm. or Los, He's he goes by Los Cosby. Um, he was the one to be like, he kind of hit me up. And he was like, "Hey man, you should hey, you should really get into chopping and screwing, man. I feel like you'd be really good at that." Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. And it always was in the back of my mind because I always wanted to do it, but then I, uh, but I was just kind of like, I mean, I guess I'll try it out, and so. The first thing... Because, like, we used to... And then, what we did, we started making Chop the Screw, like, tapes, like... Because mm-hmm. I have a series called It Man that I did, like, a long, long time ago where I would do, like, live Chop the Screw sessions and I'll have people come and freestyle on them and stuff like that and kind of, like, do that thing mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, which are all on my website still, DJI-tour.com. Um And from there, he was like, hey, yeah, you should start chopping albums. And see, I never wanted to get into chopping albums because, you know, they already had... You know, top stars that did that, and um, I was just kind of like, eh, I don't want to do all that, like, because I don't want it to seem like I'm trying to compete with them or I'm trying to like take them out or you know what I'm saying stuff like right. that, because that's how people perceive stuff. And he was like, man, just you should just get into doing albums because you you know you should do your own type of albums or the albums you want to do and stuff like that. Right. And I was like, he had a point, and so the first album around the, like when he told me to do that, the first album that had dropped at that time was uh, was Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so this is like twenty thirteen, I believe. Right. And so that was the first album I ever chopped and screwed because I because when I listened to it, I was like, like sonically it goes hard, but mm-hmm. just like to the the general listener, you gonna think it's ass because it, it it has no like it has no.
0: It's not super up tempo. Well,
1: not even that. It it has no structure to it. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot of different shit going on, and it has no order. It has like it. It goes against the grain of what an album from a superstar should even sound like. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the beauty in it. But at the same time, to the general listener, it's like this is bullshit. Right. So what I did was I was like, okay, well I'm gonna go chop and screw this so people can actually listen to it and enjoy it somewhat. And from there, the tape kind of just took off on its own. And and um, I had it had even got published in what was the L.A. Times. Los Angeles Times like they they put it on their uh on their website and she just kind of took off from there and so when I seen that happen I was like damn I got national media coverage from that's my first yeah it was weird and then from there I was just like well I guess that's a sign like you know mm-hmm. that you know what I'm doing is worth something that if it can, can get national attention like that then I could you know if I keep going with it then I can probably do something with it so
0: great so what's your favorite album that you've Chopped and screwed. Ooh, uh, I'm probably have to
1: say "Urban Flora" by uh, by Alina Braz because I love her to death. And um, I don't
0: know who that is. Alina Braz, you don't know who <laughs> Alina Braz is? No.
1: Oh my God. Uh, okay, so I'm
0: gonna have to go listen. No, I you have to look up. She's
1: first off, she's beautiful. She's like a beautiful, beautiful woman. hmm And this album, I mean, if if you like very emotional like song, if you like her, you're definitely like you'll definitely like Alina Braz. Um, her music is just very like, majestic and, and, and sexy and, and very, you know, like it, it embodies the essence of a woman mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It is just, it's just a, a wonderful listen. Like you have to go listen to it like after the podcast, you have to listen to it. Um, very beautifully done album. It sounds amazing all the way through. Every track is worth listening to and then when you go and listen to the top of the screw version, you'll understand like it's even more intense than that. So Right. Um it was one of my favorite releases I think of the twenty tens because it came out of nowhere and it just like it came with its own its own vibe and its own feel and its own everything. And I always tell people about that top if they wanna like listen to something that's different and weird. Or whatever. Like, I, I don't always try to stick to, like, typical typical albums. Like, I try to find stuff that's, like, you would never think, like, this would sound cool, and Screw. Because I want people to understand that there's a there's a versatility to the sound outside of it just being... Because, like, a lot of people stereotype stereotype and Screw music and make it seem like it's just, like, for, like, it's, like, loud... Trump banging rap music that you're listening to—that's very, you know, what I'm saying—that's kind of right. the perception of it. But it's actually a beautiful thing when you combine it with a, with the right types of uh, music, you right? Know what I'm exactly. So. And that's kind of my mission in life now with the chopping screw thing—is to find albums that I feel like would complement the sound a lot, mm-hmm. which is why I'm very particular about like what I choose to chop and like you know things that I feel like I want to chop because I want it to represent the sound appropriately. I don't want it to be just like cause, I mean there's like a music theory to every type of song so like along with that there's a there's a music theory to chopping music and not every song would sound appropriate that way right and and people don't really understand that but it's hard to explain it to them because you can't just give you can't say like two or three sentences and have people understand it um so you know i just try to make sure i i chop and screw things that sound beautiful in a sense to where anybody can listen to it and, and you can embrace it for what it is as a sound, the way I kinda hear it and the way I enjoy it. And you know, and you can enjoy it yourself.
0: Right. Yeah, thank you for chopping R and B and giving people like me that don't know anything about it a chance to, you know enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah, and that's what
1: I really want to do because when people when people experience R and B chopping screw, it, it's way different from them hearing it with rap. Right. And so I, I kind of really want to continue that. Like, yeah, that's my that's my bread and butter, I guess, when it comes to talking to the
0: So, besides you DJing, because I read on your website that you want to do other things. Mm-hmm. What else are you trying to do besides DJing? Well, I
1: really want to get into doing more production um, and even get into, I don't want to say rapping, but just making music or like kind of, um, I kind of want to direct. Music in a sense, where it's like I don't necessarily feel like I have to always be on it or rap on it, or whatever. But I do want to kind of guide guide music to become whatever it is, and like just use different artists in the city that I feel like would be appropriate to work with. So and a
0: producer, basically. Kind of like on some DJ Khaled shit, but okay. not
1: not not necessarily me like talking on the track and introducing people, but like yeah. me being involved with making the song and getting and pulling pieces together to make the song. Or just even making songs of my own and being able to incorporate people or incorporate, you know, producers or whoever it is. Just kind of like, I wanna get into creating a new culture of, of how we come together and make mu- music in Houston because we don't come together and do it. Right. Not as, you know, people in Atlanta would do or people in LA would do or people, you know. In- See,
0: I think the opposite. Like, me being here, I feel like y'all show mad love to local artists that's how i see it from the outside looking in because like back home local artists like everybody's against each so y'all other have, y'all have
1: local artists in new
0: haven yeah but it's not like how it is out here like i feel like when i go to the club like i will hear local artists and like y'all are dancing to that shit back home if they play that shit and it's no shade i would be like i don't want to hear this shit you know like turn it well, off
1: that's how a lot of people feel out here. It's like I don't want to hear this shit. Like I mean, really? there is a scene for it because I mean, this is a big city. You can mm-hmm. still create a scene for it and everything, but the majority of the city is is not really just behind it, like like they were back in the nineties and two thousands when that was like relevant. And there was a situation there. And I mean, I, I mean, I just feel like that's kind of what it is. I mean, that's just where our music is at this point. To where it's just like, I feel like a lot of artists out here are making music, but they're not making music that can compete with the quality of what's being heard on the radio or, like, what's being streamed and stuff like that. Like, there's still, like, a... it's still, like, a lack of quality in production or, like, quality of, of song production mm-hmm. that we kind of are missing out here. But then I feel like that would come a lot more when you have people that are commonly working on music and com- commonly, you know, coming together to make songs or do whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like... Right. At least... Creating a new culture of making music in Houston that that we can be proud we can be proudful in and we can actually utilize and feel comfortable in and and utilize at an appropriate, you know.
0: I feel like you're doing a better well, this city is doing a better job than a lot of other cities, but again, this is a bigger city too, so it's like Um, It's different, but like back home, like coming from a small city, like everybody is literally against each other. Like you know, everybody like the rappers that are trying to basically do the same thing and talk about the same thing. You know, so it's
1: like. I I mean, I feel like even with this being a big city, that's still that's still even situations where it's like people still feel like it's like people always say Houston is like crabs in a bucket. Like everybody's nobody's trying to help anybody. Like there's no. See, I don't
0: feel that way. There's
1: no well from out here it's like there's nobody there's no I would say like there's no OG that's like putting putting young people on you know what I'm saying like you know how like mm-hmm. there's somebody that will pass the torch down or like or like be ready to kind of uplift the next generation of people to help like we had at Culture Lab but like a lot of those people died you know what I'm saying like right. a lot of those um, a lot of those like main people in the Houston music scene back in the early or late 90s and early 2000s, they all kind of passed. So there was very limited to be kind of passed down to. So like from there, it's just, there's, um, I don't know. It's just, it to to me, it always feels like to come up out here, you have to, you have to like do it on your own. You know what I'm saying? Or like figure it out on your own and, and figure out a way to kind of go about doing it. Like there's no, there's no, hand, there's no hand being... I mean, but at the same time... Nobody's gonna like, hand anything yeah, to you anyway, Exactly, but. so I, I feel like there's also... With that, there's also artists that are just lazy, you know what I'm saying? And, like, yeah. they want it, just given to them, and they want somebody to just pass them the keys when they haven't even proved themselves to be worthy, right you know what I'm saying, or they don't have a catalog of music that, that says, okay... Like we can take you to the next step, or like we can kind of help you put you on the next level type thing. Yeah. And and so with that being a situation, it's kind of like I think both sides are kind of like the people I guess that can do something, they they either will if I feel like I feel like I feel like the people that are left over that can do something or can contribute mm-hmm. to helping, they will do it if they feel like you are actually. Given an effort that they feel like is worthy of help and support, you know?
0: So, who do you feel like is left over? Like, for me personally, I don't know if you've been to, have you ever been to a Trap Karaoke? Yeah. Um, like, only person I could really think of, and, you know, no shade to Houston, but it's like Little Flip and Slim Thug. I don't know if there's other people, like, from Houston that have been famous that, oh, Paul Wall, too, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. Um, but those are the only people that I can think of that are you know still kind of there, but they're not there almost. Yeah, I mean
1: that's kind of that's kind of the thing. Like, yeah, a lot of a lot of those prompt time rappers. Like, I mean, then there's Scarface 2 That's kind of around Bun B. Um, who else? I mean, they I mean they're around, but it's like they're not. They I mean they're still on their own grind. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing, and, and they're focused kind of in their own world, and they don't have to. Like, they don't have to do anything at this point, you know what I'm saying?
0: Right, they don't have to prove anything. Yeah, they don't have to
1: prove anything. They don't have to, you know what I'm saying? They don't have to make sure the next generation of Houston artists is going to come up or anything like that. So, I don't think it's a, I don't think they feel obligated to have to do anything, you know what I'm saying? Right. But I feel like when, when there was more people on the scene and there was more artists around, I'm pretty sure more of them would have been reluctant to want to pass that down to somebody rather it be somebody in their family or you know somebody that they that they feel like they can co-sign and be like yeah this is the next one up whatever blah 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 blah. like i don't know i just feel like there are missing pieces that kind of allow for everybody to to kind of fall apart and not really care to continue on something like that so it's kind of like but at the same time i feel like for this new generation it's, it's our job to learn from what was done in the past and kinda of take that knowledge and understanding and try to apply what we feel like we can't apply to make our own scene and make our own thing in Houston because I feel I still feel like Houston's a very open market as far as like Music. having something that can yeah that can mm-hmm. be prevalent out here and, and enjoyed out here and possibly taken to a national level in I the I think
0: future. so too. But I said trap karaoke because like when I went in December a little flip came out I think. Oh no, for real? Yeah, so I was like, wait, I haven't seen him in years, but it's like to y'all like the majority of people there are from Houston, so they like going crazy. I'm like, yeah, like
1: Little Flip is big out here. Like,
0: yeah, to me, I'm like, what the hell? I need to go to the bathroom now.
1: Well, yeah, and then because uh, <laughs> like when all that was going on, like that's what we seen. Like Little Flip was one of the people that that was, you know, he was in, he was featured on songs and he was really getting it at the time and like. From us being from Houston, like when we seen that, it was like, oh shit, look. Yeah, like y'all go he hard. A David right? like yeah, right. oh shit, look, he he fucking with Three Six Mafia. Like mm-hmm. to us, it's like that's like a dream come true because it's like artists from Houston don't just get on like that, right? Oh yeah, Millionaire too. Like he's very low key. I just Yo, I did
0: not know he was from Houston until he was at the finals game, and so someone said, said something, something on Twitter, yeah. and I was like, "Wait, he's from Houston?" Yeah, he's like
1: into uh, I forgot he's into like some kind of computer hardware or something like that. Yeah, so, gonna, so.
0: That's yeah. crazy. I, there's a lot I don't know about Houston. Yeah, it's,
1: I mean, there's a there's a rich culture in Houston to embrace if you you know, and what's crazy about it is there's no real there's no real source of it all to just kind of like navigate through or like go to. You know, right. like they have, they kind of like they have the National African American Cultural Museum in D.C. Yeah. Where, like, we would need something like that in Houston to really capture all of the information. Because I mean, there's still shit that I kind of like miss a lot of times because I, like, there's so much of it that I I, I didn't follow up at right. the same time as me following what I did follow. So, it's very hard to keep up with everything to have an understanding of, unless you grew up in it. Mm-hmm. Or you know what I'm saying you experienced it for yourself, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot that can be um, still learned about Houston even from Houstonians or anything like that.
0: Right. Well, that's why you're here to bridge the I'm gap. Trying. Yeah. I'm <laughs> with this. I don't, for me I don't and my know. listeners, because they probably like they think like I don't want to come up like I hate Houston. I just want people to know like I'm still adjusting. Like this is literally a new city. It may be not true, like, what I'm saying. Like, maybe you guys are not passive. Maybe, you know, whatever. So, I just want you to come up here and clarify those things so people don't think that, you know, like, I'm closed-minded about Houston because I'm not because I love it here. But I'm still learning at the same time.
1: Yeah, I mean, even with that passive thing, like, I feel like there's a lot of thirsty niggas out here, too. So, I feel like depending on what type of community you go to, it kind of dictates how people are going to be. Right. Um, I don't know. You just say, like the longer you're here, and the, and the more you go out and you try to experience the city, you'll see different things, mm-hmm. and you'll understand like there's a like Houston essentially is is a metropolis, so that means it's like it's like a bunch of little cities in one big ass city. Right. That we all kind of share. So like in different in these different cities, like you have different cultures of people and different you know a different collective of people in, in every one of them, but at the same time we all represent the same city, which is kind of weird. Right. And <laughs> Is 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 I don't know, it's just I don't know, it's one of those things where it's like I can say that there's this type of person but then I can I can also say, well these type of people are also over here too. Right. And you know what I'm saying?
0: I haven't really like like I don't have a lot of friends from Houston out here. Like a lot of people that I met are from other cities. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're kinda like experiencing it together. Yeah. So it's like Yeah, no that's you the thing, here. a lot of people
1: a lot of people come from all kinds of places to be in Houston. Right. And Houston is one of the... is actually the fastest growing city in America right now. Right. So there's there's definitely that culture of people that are just coming in here and being like, oh, hey, what's going on? Like, hey, okay, we're in Houston now. Yeah. And then there's me who's been here my whole life. And I kind of like understand it like backwards and forwards in a sense. And actually, I have a group of friends that I all, all in college and they're all from different places. Mm-hmm. And they like get on my ass a lot about just...
0: Little (laughs) things, yeah,
1: like little stuff, and they try to irritate me about little stuff or whatever, blah blah blah. And, um, and yeah, that's just that just kind of comes with with being in Houston is is having friends that aren't from Houston or in Houston, right? So,
0: I think it's a dope city, though. So, all right, so we're gonna get into who said that. This is like kind of like my celebrity gossip, almost. So, let's start. Do you watch Power? No, I don't oh my god what the hell I I always, damn it i
1: always get this people always get in my ass about it but literally i i try my best not to watch like, tv like yeah not to watch tv or oh. like not to get caught up in like see like there are some series that i will sit and watch like i watched insecure because i feel like that was that was dope i watched it i love like, insecure like yeah um yeah insecure is amazing i can't wait for the second season
0: and they're having the the premiere out here on July nineteenth. I've seen
1: that somewhere. Was, isn't that with Trap Karaoke? Yeah, okay.
0: But it's sold out.
1: Yeah, I knew that was gonna happen.
0: Um, I can't wait. I'm so
1: excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> and I'm Team Lawrence all the way. Uh,
0: um, I don't agree.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you don't. Uh, <laughs> what else? Uh, but yeah, I, I try not to watch too many series because I, I will get caught up in it. Like i I'm, I actually started watching Orange Is the New Black.
0: From the first season? No.
1: Hell no. That was way uh-huh. too far back. I started... Well, no. I had kind of watched a little bit of the first seasons. But it was like... You know how like you're around somebody and they're watching it. And you're just kind of watching it because they're watching it. Yeah. It was that situation. But I watched all of... I think it was the season four. Mm-hmm. And... The way they let off at the end—that's kind of when I was like, "Oh." Oh,
0: that made me so mad the yeah. last episode. But the
1: see, I'm six episodes in on on Orange's New Black, the and fifth I'll, season, the fifth one. Yeah, okay. And it's live and shit. Like, this is a really good season.
0: It started off slow for me, but it I started like, slow. I yeah, feel like I feel
1: like it popped off like super, super. Like, I don't nah. know. It was turned the phone way because everybody, everybody has like some <laughs> sort of power that they didn't have at first. So it's like now it's. I it's, feel like yeah. they
0: kind of drag. Sorry for those who haven't watched it, but I feel like they kind of dragged the whole riot thing way too long.
1: Yeah, I guess you could say that. So it was
0: like, come on, like, when is it gonna end? You have to
1: understand, like, there are so many storylines on that shit, and it's like they have to try to cover everybody's Mm -hmm. storyline while the riot's going on for them to really even get on this, because I'm pretty sure if there's a riot going on and you have all these different situations going on at the same time, like, capturing all that at the same time is like is difficult and plus with the episodes being an hour long each, yeah, um, like it's so much stuff that they're, that they're trying to put into it and I mean I understand for it is, but it's just like yeah so I gotta actually I gotta finish that. but that's the thing like the episodes are so damn long like yeah I don't I, I feel like shit when I sit and I watch like six or seven hours of a TV show mm-hmm. it's like damn I could have been doing something productive with my life like right I'm not I don't feel I don't feel like I'm where I want to be at right now like all the way through but I do wanna you know. I want to have time dedicated to getting stuff done, too, on top of that, so... I yeah, don't know. It's, that's it's, understandable. And, yeah, and I just don't want to get caught up in, in binge-watching and shit like that. Like, I mean, it's cool for people that, you know, are established and into their lives and all kind of stuff, like, do you think? But me, I, I just don't... Like, if I got to cut something out, I'm going to cut TV out.
0: Right. So... Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Well, I was going to say, because Power came on... The new season came on this past weekend, and I was going to discuss that. But since you don't know anything about Power... We'll just move on um, to the BT weekend. Uh, So, a lot of things happened over the weekend. So, the Meek Mill Safari fight. Everybody was talking about that on Twitter. And I just thought it was funny because everybody's like, oh, well, Safari's a punk or whatever. And me, personally, I've been jumped before. But not like... How they did it. I think it was, like, so super you, corny how they did it.
1: So you really got jumped?
0: Yeah, I got jumped before, like, in high school, my freshman year in high school.
1: For oh, what? What happened? What was what was, I
0: was So my mom, she was working for this agency, and, like, they had a meeting that night or something, and she brought me with her. And she told me not to go outside. I'm hard-headed. But I went to go meet one of my friends that lived on the same street, and that was in my neighborhood, like... Um, it's like, even though I'm from New Haven, like, where I grew up at is, like, that's my neighborhood, you know? So, uh-huh. it's like, I don't really go outside of it too much unless I'm so with... So, like, if you're in a
1: different neighborhood, people will, like, like, press you on that. Like, they don't know you if you're not from that yeah, area.
0: Yeah. It depends on, like, who you're with, too, at the same time. But now that I'm older, like, that doesn't matter. Yeah. But back then, like, I was in a different neighborhood outside by myself on my cell phone and these girls, they just jumped me and they took my cell phone. But it was like, it wasn't bad, but it was like, it, like I wouldn't have ran, you know? Like I tried to fight back, you yeah. know? Even though I didn't win ultimately. But I'm not a punk where I'm just gonna, like, just sit there and yeah, just let you do it. Yeah. Right. So I just think it's funny that people are, like, saying that he shouldn't have ran or whatever. I just think it's, first of all, I think Meat Mills is corny.
1: Yeah, I got, I, yeah, of course.
0: And I think it was like I think it was just trash, like
1: I mean, if if you are talking to somebody, you're chopping it up and Meek Mill pulls up out of nowhere and then all of a sudden three niggas are jumping on you, like what are you gonna do? Are you gonna like fight I'm or run just,
0: basically? My thing is <laughs> I'm, I, I'm I'm gonna try to fight. I,
1: I understand him running because it's like, okay, clearly I'm overwhelmed and I'm and I'm not in the right mind to just immediately react like let me step back type shit. Mhm. But at the same time it's kinda like the nigga did kind of run off and let his mans get handled though that like jumped in for him like you could have got back in there and like yeah that was you know what i'm saying like yeah that was kind of the weird thing that was like damn i mean the nigga did kind of like he did like take a couple licks for you like the least you could do is get back out there but i mean if one of my friends
0: did that like i'm beating your ass i like we have to shoot the fair one after that like but none of my friends like that i my friends now, like, they See, would never do that. That's the thing, though. But, like, niggas
1: nowadays, niggas don't just fight you one on one no more. Like, niggas yeah. don't be trying to fight you. No, like, niggas not just like, all right, look, you, you got shit you want to talk, like, let's go handle it. You know what, yeah. what I'm saying? Like, this, this, me and you go square up, and then afterwards, like, you'll be done with it. You know what I'm saying? Because that's honestly, like, as men, or like, as, like, I mean, naturally we fight, but, like, let's be respectful about it. Like, you really got, if you really got a problem with me, or you really got a situation with me that you want to handle, like, you can handle it with some hands, or we can talk about it like, men. Or we're getting dead the situation. Like, that's right. literally... I feel like those are the only options when it comes to any kind of problems or altercations. But, like, niggas are so corny nowadays that they feel like they want to do silly shit, like pull up on you and then have your niggas, like, jump out and do some crazy shit or whatever.
0: Yeah, like, that was, that was corny because it's, like, I feel like the sole reason of them... Fighting is because of Nicki Minaj, and it's like at the end of the day, neither one of you are with her, so it's like why but, but, the fuck does it you date, matter? If
1: you're dating two corny niggas and they still play still behind whatever beef y'all have, because I well I understand from what I've what I've researched is that Safari was still talking shit even like after the relationship was dead and all that kind of stuff, and was still saying shit, blah blah blah. And then, what about Meek? Or yeah, about Meek. About Meek, and mm. so but him and Meek had never crossed paths like one on one type shit, so. When Meek finally pulled up around him, like his boys just was just on on go mode, you know, and and just went after him. Which, I mean, I guess if the, if you want to look at it like that, then that makes sense. But at the same time, is this kind of like I don't know. I, I I would like if you really got beef with somebody, like talk to the dude, to. like say like, hey, what's up, man? You've been talking to you, like what's up? You want to handle it right here, or like what you want to talk, we gonna talk it out, or
0: right? Well,
1: what you want to do because those are the those are your two options. We can handle it, like we can handle it with hands, or we can handle it with 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 talking it out and, and you getting like you getting passing it out and I, honestly I wish more people would just go about doing shit that way
0: what like talking communicating See, being, yeah, being like
1: look you can either we can, <laughs> sit, we can either sit here and talk about it or we can fight it out right. and just be me and you and, and then we can both move on from the situation cause it's like continuing to talk about some shit, it's not going to solve nothing. Like, if you're going to handle something, like, handle it. Like, the only reason you should be talking shit is, is if you're going to back that shit up, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I don't condone fighting, but I feel like if you put your hands on me, like, I have to defend myself, but like, now that I'm older, like, you can go to jail, and it's like, especially like, if you're trying to work, and you have a job, or you're, you have children, um, I feel like you shouldn't be putting yourself out there like that, you know? I feel like you're embarrassing yourself, ultimately, so... I agree, I feel like people should try to communicate first um before they start putting their hands on each other yeah for sure
1: and I think I, I definitely think in the black community like we have a very difficult time like it's, like communicating with each other or even just being able to talk and sort of situations out because a lot of things are very passive aggressive mm-hmm. and um with that, there comes a, a lack of understanding and communication between two parties to so where you can even have an altercation kind of like with um with Joe Biden and Migos that situation like i feel like that was all kind of a misconstrued uh understanding of 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 i guess I was gonna bring body that language too. and stuff <laughs> like that because i i really think with that situation Joe Budden was irritated with academics cuz he was being fake as fuck around Migos but i feel like and he kind of reacted cuz he was like wrap it up and he was still kind of like kissing ass and like, joe is
0: just a fucking asshole like that's just course. the point, point in the in the period he's an asshole and it's like i felt like if he was you know that frustrated he should have been like you know what like i'm super annoyed like i'm gonna get up and leave like kind of excuse yourself instead of just throwing the mic down like that i, I think
1: with i think with jill Biden, he has a very like new york disrespect type mentality well you know like well it's
0: not disrespect, well, but, but like, like but in new
1: york you know how like very people are very rude and like very like you know what i'm saying but disrespect. it's, normal. Like, it's normal. It's normal to, to us, you. Yeah, exactly. you know. But when you get around other people, because like think about that, like you got Vigo's is from the south, and like out here we're like we're real respectful compared to how niggas are in New York. So it's like right, I
0: have mad manners. Yeah,
1: exactly. So <laughs> if a nigga drop a mic in front of me on some shit and walk off, I'm taking that as a disrespect because yeah. we, don't, we don't do shit like that out here in the south. Like, right. if you if you if you dropping mics on niggas and stuff like that in front of them while you giving the interview, like. Like like if I was in Joel's situation, I would have been a more academics ass, and I wouldn't have dropped. Yeah. I would have been like, all right, man, we wrapping this up, we gotta go. Sorry about that. Appreciate y'all yeah. for coming through. We got, we out type shit, and been done. And it wouldn't have been no problem. You know what I'm saying?
0: Or I would have addressed academics and be like, yo, why you dick writing? You know? Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, but I think I think that's what he was trying to avoid saying because he, that's why he walked off because it's like yeah. he did not want to say like, man, you dick right in front of him, like right there in front of him and stuff. I mean, he kind
0: of does it. Well, I've only watched like no, I one he episode. Like he's
1: a, like, I mean, yeah, he does. He's do such
0: a loser. Academics, like he looks like the doughboy. And I think that, like, I haven't really sat down and watched all the episodes of Everyday Struggle because I don't know. I feel like Joe does too much for me. Sometimes he's, I, he's, no, very, he's, he's very, he's psychotic, it. and I just can't take right it.
1: At times, but it is, it's, it's, it's. It's, it's almost comical. Like, I understand his perspective sometimes, but I feel like the way he goes about communicating things is very, like, abstract and it's very, I mean, it comes out very asshole And I know that, and yeah. I, I can understand it for, because his honesty is, is very genuine. And you know what I'm saying? Like, he, right. like, regardless of how he acts, like, the things he mentions and the, and the things that he speaks on, like, they're all very, like, accurate perceptions to have about things. But at the same time, when he communicates it, it comes off very disrespectful a lot of times and it comes off and it comes off very, you know, like very hostile. Right. And so when that when that happens, certain people take it the wrong way. Because right. if you go back and you watch the other you, you go back and watch the other interviews they did, because they did some some interviews with, like, uh... Yeah, he was people. super happy. Yeah, I watched like the whole very, thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, like, super even, engaging. uh... Who was it? Uh... Like, Slim Jimmy charges his ass up because he tried to say, like, if Swag Lee's not on the song with him, that's not it's not a song. He took this shit like, like Slim Jimmy took this shit to heart. He was like, "Yeah, right, you got me fucked up. Like I've been out here, I've been doing this. Like you know what I'm saying? I've right. been I've been making hits. Like I understand. Like Swag and Joe Lee, like, wasn't
0: really saying nothing when he said that to him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, he,
1: yeah, and, and, and to Joe's defense, he's he's more so saying like Swag Lee's kind of carrying the torch of what of what Ray Shremit is." And because i mean naturally Swagley is a is a hook maker you know what i'm saying so right so like when he makes hooks like and you enjoy the hooks a lot you're gonna think okay the hook person of the song is, is the song you know what i'm saying right and that's just kind of what happens most of the time but and in slim jimmy's perspective it's more of a well nigga, i do be rapping on the songs too and my verses go hard too and i can do my own shit yeah too, you i don't need
0: him necessarily yeah exactly but
1: i don't need him to make hits you know right. what i'm saying it's going to be a hit with him or it going to be a hit without him. Like, I can right. make hits.
0: exactly. And so
1: that was kind of the argument there. And then even after that, that, he was kind of like, cool or whatever. And then kind of like cleared it up or whatever. And that's kind of like, to me, that's what I feel like, you know, should happen more often. You know what I'm saying? It's right. Like, it's just talking shit out instead of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, if you got a problem with how I do something or or you you saying this about me, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to speak my piece and, and let it be what it is. And, um, I mean, unfortunately, that, that didn't really get to happen with that situation I think he tried to like dap him up or something and them niggas was like nah fuck all that cause it's like once you feel disrespected like it's, it's hands after that you know what I'm saying yeah
0: I understand I and that's understand. how we are in the
1: south like okay you talk you see what's up like
0: I understand both ways cause like I could understand like you know that was rude but it's like at the same time like back, like people from up north they're just like You know, straight up, straightforward. Like, he wasn't with the shits. Like, so that's why he was like, fuck it. Like, I'm not doing it no more, you know? But I feel like at the same time, you should have said, like, you was over it. You should have communicated that instead of... Because... But Joe's being
1: Joe. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's being being his natural asshole, extra-ass self. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, with that comes... With that comes that kind of, I guess, uh, weird... Sense of okay, what is Plex like? You know what I'm saying? Like fuck our interview type shit. You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I mean, I get why why it happened. It's just funny that it did. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, like, cause I feel like I feel like the everyday struggle, like academics and Joe Button, they both press buttons to a lot of artists, and I think that's kind of like the cool thing about it is that you got two niggas together that that are just pressing buttons all over the industry and like people are like really pressed about it mm-hmm. but like that's like what we want to see you know like we want to see people like really stirring the pot yeah exactly <laughs> like we, we, we like that we like seeing yeah. somebody like say shit that that is like a general consensus or like what a majority of people are thinking and getting a reaction from it you know what I'm saying like as Americans right. we enjoy shit like that because it's like oh look he's reacting and then you're breaking the code of being an artist that's like you know what I'm saying you're supposed to be very like mild mannered and like you know, have some kind of secrecy to yourself and, you know, keep certain things to yourself and be respectful, blah, blah, blah. Like, when you break code, it's kind of like, oh, shit, like, look at that. And right. you're always caught up in it, you know? So,
0: we're just, Amer- Americans are messy and we live for drama. That's, oh, yeah, of course. That's what it is. So, if if they got into a fight, who do you think would have,
1: Between <laughs> you do? like, Joe
0: and Domingos?
1: Um, I mean, it's three niggas on one. Like, what you want to do? Like, He's still going to beat like, them up. How are you going to beat up three niggas?
0: I mean, just knock one out, knock the next Who one you out. you to knock out? I don't know. First
1: off, Offset was ready for War before the War even was was was, was going. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I feel like if you gotta fight, if you gotta fight three niggas, you gotta focus on one person hit. And while you focus on one nigga to hit, there's gonna be another nigga that's already on his way to sneak your ass. Right, and but
0: he would have the... been focusing on Quavo because he was the one that got up first. Yeah, because
1: he was like, so what? what it is in? Yeah. So it's like, okay, that's the nigga to call you out. You gotta swing on him. It's like chess, like or like checkers almost. It's like, okay, if I jump, if I jump you, okay, I, it's here's another spot I can jump. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's like, yeah. you, and I and I don't feel like you just you can't fight one on one with Migos. Like you gotta fight, you gotta fight all three of them niggas at the same time because they damn near like all like but I, I just wouldn't want to fight them because I feel like the niggas are so in unison and naturally that them niggas would like <laughs> his come together in and whoop your ass like yeah, yeah especially, if you, especially if it's three on one right. so yeah I, I wouldn't want no smoke with them boys man like I, and then I'm pretty sure they got niggas that ride for them too so
0: yeah, it was the one guy. I don't know who he is. I've never seen him before, but he had on the Young Rich Nigga chain. The um, he was like, he was basically like in the camera lens, like yeah. saying, like you know, what's up. Could it could be bodyguard.
1: Could it could be just partners that they have, like yeah. you know, shit like that. So I
0: think he's like the unofficial fourth member of the Migos, but I'm not sure. I never seen him before. But did you watch the awards in general or no? no? Actually, I had
1: DJ. I had DJ. Oh there.
0: yeah, you yeah. said that. I'm sorry. No. didn't <laughs>
1: No, you did. Um, did
0: you watch a recap or not? Nah?
1: No, nah, I didn't. Nobody really said anything that was worth like me having to go back and see. So I didn't feel it necessary. I didn't yeah. feel a need to have to go back and watch it.
0: Well, I thought the mm-hmm. highlight of the night was the new edition performance um, because they had a tribute which you know the the member not the members the cast of the movie you know they did their little performance like from the little kids up into the All adults for real? yeah and then um, when their tribute when it was time for New Edition to perform, New Edition performed, and then the rest of the cast, like, they all performed together, which I thought was really good, because that movie was so dope, like... Yeah,
1: that whole series was, was like, one of the best productions BET has had yeah. in years.
0: Right.
1: So... So I think
0: they really did a... They did a really good job performing, like... Well, not the old guys. Well, kinda. But like it wasn't like as good as the, I'll go the movie. And, I'll go
1: back and watch <laughs> just that part if, if anything. So i can yeah. see what you're talking about.
0: And what else? Oh, Remy Ma, she won Best Female Artist. Yeah, I've seen that. Um I think it's deserved. I feel like Nikki, like, her time is like slowly no, coming to an dwindling. end. Oh, her yeah.
1: I don't know if you watched the NBA Awards last night, but she had a. I I heard it was a bad one. Oh, my God. Like, out of any Nicki Minaj performance I've seen, this is probably the worst. Like, it was so... <laughs> the worst. It was so horrible. Like, there was, like, okay, she performed "Realize" first, which is, like, a song you shouldn't even be performing at in the NBA Awards. Like, I'm thinking, okay, if you're thinking NBA, I'm thinking high energy. I'm thinking, right. you know, this is a very... Uh, masculine sport so like something that's very like fitting to that you know what I'm saying right and so she comes out here with this soft ass song and I'm just like okay what's going on and then she did like some some like top 40 song and then some other shit but she wasn't performing she was like walking around like leaning on pillars and shit and like I feel like it, she's
0: doing the most now because she feels like she has something to prove with the whole Remy Ma and Nicki Minaj beef
1: I, I think I think this, this beef Kind of like came at an, an appropriate time because it's like because I mean there's always this this ain't you know the theory of Safari not being uh, the ghostwriter for Nicki Minaj now and it's kind of like
0: right
1: oh well you know what now that she's been dropping shit post Safari like none of this shit's been live like none of her songs have been live since they split right so it's kind of like I
0: agree
1: whoa was, was was that really the situation whatever blah 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 and if you go and listen to Safari's project that he dropped or whatever. It sounds just like Nicki Minaj. Like, Mm -hmm. it sounds like he's rapping just like
0: (laughs) That's so fucking weird. Yeah, that's
1: a weird situation in itself. But, I think um, he's a
0: weirdo in general, but...
1: Which is why I can understand them dating because they're both kind of weirdos in a sense.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, But, yeah, so... Now it's kind of like okay, well Nikki, you kind of have you're kind of falling falling because I mean she won that award that female of the year rapper award mm-hmm. she won it I think six years straight at B T right and then the one year she had some kind of competition like and Sheila was hard like I don't care who wrote that hoe or like whatever the case may be like Sheila was a hard ass this record you know what I'm saying right which was deserving of a female rapper of the year award because. She was rapping, like, right. rapping as a, you know, female rapper. And she was coming. She came, she was coming for seven, she was coming for seven fucking minutes of, of shit. And it's funny because people bars say... Bars
0: after bars.
1: It's funny because people say that RiRi Ma didn't really kill off Nicki Minaj, but now that we look at Nicki Minaj now in the scene, and like, what she's doing, it's, it's dwindling down. Like, it's like she's not elevating herself. Like, even yeah. when she dropped those singles... Like the... What, the, the, the diss the, records? No, the No Frauds, and she had dropped That was songs. supposed to
0: be the diss record, and I, I like that song, but not as like, her coming back at Yeah, she tried to pull like a, like
1: a Drake diss record where it's like a hit song, and then yeah. it goes millions, like, she tried that route, but that didn't work for her.
0: But it's like, you're not Drake. Yeah, exactly, you like, know? you're not
1: Drake, like, you're not on that level of hit making like Drake is. Right. So, you can't do the same thing like him. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah. and it just showed, like, it... Uh, is it's bad, it's like it's bad for her right now, and then you have to kind of consider at the same time like female rappers' longevity in the game is kind of like it's not as you don't have female rappers that last as long as male rappers, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like it's almost I don't want to say it's naturally a, a thing of her dying off or whatever, but it's kind of like that you can you kind of have to expect this to come in sometime, you know,
0: right. Well, I'm glad that other people are getting their shine, especially Cardi B. I really like Cardi B. Yeah, Cardi the
1: next female up that's, like, about to, like, do it, do it, for real, for real.
0: And when she was on Love & Hip Hop and she was saying, like, she wanted to rap, I'm like, bitch, please. Ain't nobody gonna listen to your shit,
1: but... I was like, bitch, please, ain't nobody gonna listen to your shit. But, like, now that I see people listen to her shit, I'm like, damn, like, she really got niggas, like, behind her, like, females behind her. But, I'm like her as a woman I respect because, you know, she came from where she came from. Right. And was doing a thing and really trying to change her life around and make an effort to, like, better herself, which is always something that I would salute, like, regardless of where you come from or anything like that. Like, if you're trying to better yourself and put yourself in a better situation Right. And you're being yourself the entire time, like, I salute you. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not particular about anybody, but, um, yeah, like, with her doing her thing, like, you just gotta kind of salute and respect it. So, I can see Cardi B being, like, the next... Dominant female rapper because she kind of has that following already mm-hmm. and she has backing and she has, you know, she has that attitude. Like she kind of comes off as like a a little Kim in the sense of where she's like very, you know, New York. What is she from the Bronx or something? Yeah,
0: she's from the Bronx. Yeah,
1: like she has that Bronx like attitude. Like mm-hmm. and that's like those are the, like that's why I feel like I feel like female rappers from New York will always have some type of like. Like hierarchy in the game because of that that, like, hard-ass, funky attitude of, like, Mm -hmm. being this hard bitch and all this kind of stuff, like, that's just live when it comes to, like, rapping, so you gotta kinda, like, appreciate that for what it is so
0: yeah, I can't wait till she, like, goes on a real tour, cause I really wanna see her in concert, because, like I remember I went to Vegas last year and one of my friends from high school he lives out there, so I went to get up with him, and his girlfriend, like, they were playing Cardi B in the car, and I was like You know, like who is this? You know, and Mm -hmm. ever since then, like I started listening to her music, like, and I really like it. I think, I think she can still improve, but yeah, definitely. I like like, she's like the things that she says is super catchy. You know, like so I like because I'm not a huge rap fan, so I like that I could you know listen to her music and actually rapping kind of relate a little bit, but not solely. You just want to
1: be able to hear it and understand like what she's speaking on and like being like okay that's right
0: exactly that's my biggest thing understanding like what the hell you're talking about you know uh so i see we're gonna wrap things up so i see that you're nominated for upcoming dj of the year
1: oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, how do you feel about that dj the go dj wars i mean um, is that like
0: a big thing out here
1: I, I guess to some people it is to me it's kind of like another award thing okay because i mean i wasn't even notified like i found out because somebody else was voting it was like oh shit i see you on there and i was like oh shit i'm on i'm not like i didn't know right like i didn't know I, I could even be nominated or like even i didn't even really feel like anybody was paying attention to me enough to nominate me for anything like that so to even be mentioned is kind of cool
0: that's dope congrats yeah
1: thank you Um. Uh, so i mean if i win i win if not then it's kind of like all right cool is but it an I,
0: award show like? Yeah, I think they like meet
1: up somewhere and then they have like it's like an award ceremony that goes on. But um, yeah, I, I've never been like I've never been invited because I have never been uh, nominated for it before, or really nominated for anything really. So, right. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's cool to be. Nominated. Are you gonna go? I don't know where it is. Like, I, I, don't <laughs> think, I literally don't know anything about it. The only thing I know is that is that it exists and that. It's somewhere in Houston, possibly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sorry. Where
0: can people vote for you? uh,
1: uh you can go to goDJawards.com. Okay. And it's like the first thing that comes up. It's like vote for blah, blah blah blah. And You go there and vote. Like I had voted myself, and I looked in there. And it was like half the things that half the people that was on there. I was confused about and didn't really know too much about so I mean it could be a lot of people that look at there and be like who the fuck is DJ over? you know what I'm saying so right um, Yeah, it's, I mean but if you want to vote please vote Um yeah vote know for vote, him I know <laughs> votes actually count for like 30% of the actual total vote I guess uh, so yeah. it's, it's even like I mean not to like <laughs> rein up, on my own campaign or no shit like that but like even if I got a lot of people to vote like 30% of it is, is kind of nothing really so
0: right so, as we're wrapping this up, do you want to tell people where to find you on social media? I'm,
1: everything is DJ Auditory from my Snapchat to my Twitter to my Instagram to my website, which is DJAuditory.com. And for those who don't know how to spell it, it's DJ A U D I T O R Y. Um, yeah, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on anything that has that spelling. <laughs> and, and it's pretty much. i'm even on ps4 at dj auditory so uh if you're into games and playing that you can play me on there i'm trying, actually trying to find a new game to play right now um i don't and, know anything
0: about video games so yeah that's like
1: my that's, see instead of playing like i can either watch tv or play video games so
0: hey you choose video, video games, games
1: exactly. <laughs> um but yeah like yeah if you want to find me if you have requests you can go to my website and make requests for top and screw tapes or songs I'm not really gonna take requests for tapes because that takes too long, but I will chop songs. I think that's what I'm probably gonna do today. Mm-hmm. Is uh, is actually just take live requests, like maybe get on Instagram because I, I never get on that shit. Like I think that's like something dumb unless you're doing something on there. You know what I'm saying? Like
0: yeah, I'm starting to use it again because I don't really use Instagram like that because I feel like it takes up a lot of time. Yeah. But now that I've started my podcast, it's needed. Uh-huh. So, it's, like, I'm trying to get back into using Instagram, but it's, like, so hard because I really like Twitter more than Instagram, so... See, I like Snapchat
1: the most because I feel like, you know, it's a it's a real depiction of what people are doing yeah. instead of, like, it being, like, some... You typing some bullshit and then letting somebody read it or you posting a picture that where you're posing or doing some extra shit just for somebody to notice you. Right. Um, yeah, Snapchat is more genuine to me, but, uh... But yeah, um, I'm gonna try to do that. I think I'm gonna do that tonight. Um, is do my first Instagram live post and just top songs live just cause it's June twenty seven. Yeah. Whatever.
0: That's what's up. So guys, I'm your host, Zakia. Uh, you can still follow me at I'm five foot two on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. I still haven't come up with a name, like a host name yet. So it's Zakia for right now. And um, anything else you want to add?
1: Um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your stay in Houston. Thank you. If you you. have any more questions, just ask me. I don't don't have any problems answering any questions. If you are confused about anything, or if you at least want to know about something, I'll try my best to kind of put you in the right path. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I want to thank you for coming up here and you know taking the time out of your day to speak with me because you don't know me from a can of paint. (laughs) But um, yeah, I just like took a limb and just like fuck it, like let me just ask him, you know.
1: I mean, I'm really good. Like you asked me about something, I like I can either say yes or no. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I I had no problem doing it. And plus, I kind of that's also something else I want to get into in the future is doing like podcast or you know internet radio or just radio in general so i kind of want to get more familiar with right with people and, and doing this kind of thing so i have no problem doing it
0: yeah thank you very much so this wraps up our fourth episode of facts of life um you guys can like rate subscribe make sure you guys share with your friends and thank you for listening bye